Hello, I'm Alex and this is the Northern Guide to Happiness. Welcome to episode 11. As always, I'm here in our virtual studio with the rest of the podcast team, Kath, Andrea and Chris. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. How are we all on this fine evening? Happy because I've been in my garden. It's been a garden type of day today, isn't it? Yeah, lovely yes. and sunny. What's happening in the garden, Kath? Uh, well, I've just shown Andrea one of my roses, but I can't reach it now. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't see it. Um, I'm afraid I must tell you that I've been dropping a bomb in my garden today. Oh? Yes. Um, it had to be done, but it was extremely disappointing. <laughs> I'm intrigued. Because I'm still fighting the battle with the green water in the pond. And I was recommended to buy a, a pond bomb, <laughs> which you can buy because I bought one. And I put it in and I was assured that when you put it in, it would be quite spectacular. And there would be lots of hissing and fizzing. and Like a bath bomb. A, yeah, exactly. Oh. That's, what was, that's what I was hoping for. And it was absolutely zilch. So I've just been out and the water's still green, but fortunately the tadpoles are still swimming about. So <laughs> that was reassuring. So I'll, I'll update you next week, possibly, on oh. what's happening in my garden. Do, yeah. It sounds as disappointing as Chris's uh, bee bar. <laughs> I was just thinking about the bee bar. There is one plant. We have one survivor from the bee bar. Just for people that might have no idea what we're talking about here, for Christmas I got given a bee bar. It's like a block of peat with seeds in it for flowers that grow up and bees love it. Um, and one thing came out. No, two things came out, one of which has since died. Um, but the other one is, 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 is flourishing a bit. But it's not flowered yet, so I've no idea what it is. We shall wait with uh, anticipation. <laughs> yeah, not, not too much anticipation. I, I, I wouldn't have thought. <laughs> I won't hold my breath. <laughs> no, I don't. don't. Andrea, how have Aww. you been? Yeah, I, I've been battling with nature as well. It seems to be the theme. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I'm covered in midge bites because I went oh, to Kielder no. the weekend. And you know, if you go to Kielder, you're going to get covered in midges. But I've just, yeah, there might be a few kind of scratching scratching sounds in the background. Resist, you must resist don't, don't the I know. I know, I'm going to try and clench my hands all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> yes. My old boss when he used to work at Newcastle University he used to regale us with the fact that the, the, the species of midge at Kilda is unique. Apparently. I can believe that. I yeah. believe that. Extremely well fed. Yeah, yeah exactly. They are thriving. They mm. are thriving. The gourmets of the village world. <laughs> well, Geordie on that blood. note... <laughs> <laughs> she says scratching. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, shall we introduce this week's guest interview, Chris? Oh, yes, 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 we shall. Uh, so uh, I was lucky enough to speak to Faye McCalman recently. Faye is a uh, musician. She's a composer. Um, she leads the band Archipelago, uh, at, but has collaborated with all sorts of people like the Unthanks and I think even Maximo Park. So we had a lovely chat about kind of where the need to create music comes from, the happiness that it gives and why it's important as something in the community. So here's Faye. So hello, uh, very warm welcome. Uh, Faye McCalman to the Northern Guide to Happiness. How are you today? 
I am okay, thank you. Yeah. Okay. Scale of one to ten. I think I'd probably say about a seven. So I've done my first couple of gigs with a socially distanced audience, and it's been really, it's been really exciting to feel like things are happening again. Uh And it's kind of, but it's also quite overwhelming to go back into the world. And so it's kind of like the reason I'm not an eight or a nine is that I feel like there's a lot to take in at the moment. Right. So yeah, a bit, bit, bit overwhelming, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, a lot to, lot to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, this, yeah, so the music side of things, this is something we've really got to explore um, in our conversation today. Um, just so that people know, because we record this at a different time from from publishing it, but um, I think this, th- this is the, this is the, the weekend that um, the, the Euros have started. Is, is that, is that a source of happiness for you? Are you a football type person? I didn't even know it was happening until I heard it on the radio <laughs> this morning. So <laughs> that's fine. No, I'm kind of with you on that one. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, it certainly made the people that walk down my street after closing time happy. That's. Uh, that's why it's, there it's, are so many flags. Yes. Oh. Yeah. So it's right. either a referendum or it's a football championship. Yeah. So it's okay. It's the, um, it's the latter. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Speaking as a Scot, though. Um, yeah, it's it's a life skill to get used to disappointment in Scotland. So it's England it and Scotland time. on Friday, isn't it? Oh God, yeah. I heard this today. Like that. that makes me sound like I know a lot more about what's going on than I do. Yeah, someone you just told me that, that today. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Scotland just got uh, beaten two 0 by. Um, oh no! Now I'm going to really embarrass myself by not knowing who it was they're playing against. <laughs> you just know Croatia. Scotland got beaten. Yeah, we got beaten. Yeah, that's it. So good start. Well done, chaps. Oh. oh, I'm sorry, Scotland. I'm part Scottish, so, yeah. Are you? Ah, okay. Have you yes. ever, have you lived there or is it? I've never lived there, but my granddad is from Scotland, um, from Campbelltown. Oh, yes. Mm. Um, Malacantar. Malacantar, is that right? I'm not sure. I, I actually don't know anything beyond that fact that he is from Campbelltown and my surname is Scottish too. Yes, um, Yeah, so that's that's kind of like the beginning and end of the link for me. <laughs> but I mean, he's really Scottish. Like he, like you know, has a lot of. He always talks to me about Scotland when I see him, and shows me loads of pictures. And it's like a really big. He lived there for a long time, and Excellent. has a lot of family there. So yeah. Oh, cool. Mm. Well, Campbelltown's proper Scotland. I'm only from Edinburgh. Yeah, I felt like when he explains it to me, it always seems like really deep, deep in mm. Scotland. Yes, yes, out there on the west. But but anyway, yeah, great. So well, I'm very pleased that you agreed to uh, come and talk to us uh, uh, for the podcast today, Faye. Um, could you just kick us off? But you've already sort of given a little bit of a teaser as to kind of what it is that uh, we're particularly interested in. So kind of who who are you? What do you do? So my name is Faye McCalman and I'm a musician, I'm a composer and I play saxophone, clarinet and I sing and I improvise a lot and I write music for myself and different bands. The main band I have at the moment is called Archipelago and we're all based in the Northeast and I collaborate with different people and work with communities and that's everything that I do in a nutshell. Excellent. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. And uh, I first met you, I think, at a, a workshop that you were running at the Sage uh, for um, 
for people to don't really know how to play jazz. Uh, which <laughs> that's, suits me that was definitely not what I thought <laughs> it was going in. Um, and the thing is, it's not. I really enjoyed that workshop actually, um, mm. because I remember it was really open, and I really like to get people to make something of their own when I'm doing things like that. Because I think often it can be like a bit a bit gate kept can jazz and any kind of music that I suppose isn't like really in the mainstream. Um, often people talk about jazz like, ooh, you know, that's very clever and stuff like that. And it's like, well, no, I actually really think everybody can improvise to like in their own way, which, and it's a really valuable thing to do. You don't have to be good at something, you know? So what do you, what do you mean by gate kept? So sort of like there's, I suppose it happens in most um, kind of types of art or forms of information around things that there'll be a select group of people who sort of want to just keep it um, for them and they will be quite strict about who is and isn't allowed to play it. And in obviously in the case of jazz, it's usually men, <laughs> um, yeah. in my experience. So um, you kind of, or I've kind of had to become kind of quite adept at seeing through that and being like okay what's like what's really going on here and what do I actually think and what is it for me and um especially sort of because I take inspiration from a lot of different genres so I see myself more as an improviser and a songwriter and a composer that's inspired by jazz and um rock and experimental music and pop and these different things so but even in within kind of improvising, there is that too. And it's something that's meant to be very free and very expressive. But often, um, sadly, there are quite a lot of people who sort of determine that there are certain ways that you should be doing it, which can be quite off-putting for people. What is it about music that makes you happiest, do you think? Oh, it's really hard to explain. Like, I've, I remember the first time I heard a group of people playing music I was in school and I was about seven and I just felt like really taken somewhere else and it was really exciting and it was almost in a way that I couldn't describe and I still get that feeling mm. now it's just like a different just really takes you out of um the ordinary life <laughs> that you might be in and it's like oh wow like you can you can really sort of change everything about how you're feeling in a sort of second sometimes with music and it's just really powerful I've always been I've always felt that way about music but it's difficult because it's not like a a thing that I can be like yeah it's just makes it's this about it but I think it's just the way it feels like a very natural thing um mm -hmm. as well and it's something that we're all most people are exposed to music and like we're all exposed to sound and stuff um but it's not like something that everyone sees as like a natural part of life but I think for whatever reason I just always felt like yeah that's just feels like a home for me. So did, did, did you notice a time where you, you kind of felt like you were becoming a musician so it wasn't sort of about other people doing it it was about you doing it? Oh that's a good question. Um, well I think the time when I thought oh maybe I maybe I am a musician, was um, when I was in school and I've been trying to play classical music because basically I had free clarinet lessons. And that was the only way, I was from a single parent family, that was the only way we could afford to do it. 
and everything that we were taught was really classical and I I do really like classical music but it was kind of like an odd fit for me I could never quite get on a level with it and then we had a workshop with a musician who came in and worked through different um, Indian classical ragas with us and Mm -hmm. we improvised with them and um, I just found it so much easier to improvise and um, a lot of the, my friends at school and stuff, they were finding it really difficult and they were like, how are you doing that? How, how can you just do it? And I was like, oh, I don't know, actually. And like, just because of the like really shallow point of my friends saying I was good at it, I was like, oh, maybe, you know. <laughs> but it was also just that like, oh, well, I'm totally improvising here. So I must have some kind of connection to it. Um, and I think that was like the earliest point, I was only about 14, where I was like, oh, I don't really know how I'm going to do this kind of thing more. But it made me feel like, oh, when I'm put on the spot, I can make something with sound. And I didn't know what that meant, but I was like, oh, I I didn't know I could do that really. Something quite instinctual then. Yeah, yeah. Something conscious. Now it's interesting, you sort of mentioned about kind of learning, uh, learning the clarinet and having it not be quite a a good fix. I imagine there's probably quite a lot of people listening to this that, maybe in the past have been learning an instrument uh, or a learning instrument now and are struggling with it uh, or maybe maybe they have kids who are learning and it's perhaps not something which is giving them a lot of joy and, and happiness maybe there's a lot of frustration in it um but you, what you're talking about there is sort of a moment where it all just kind of came together is that something you see happening quite a bit with people sort of a sort of a realization or sort of a an awakening Oh, I think it's really hard to tell because um, it's such an internal thing. Mm-hmm. So some someone might be like having that moment and uh, but then you'll have no idea from the outside because to you, they're just like playing and um, mm. everyone has got such a different idea of what they sound like, I think. And um, I think it's more of like an ongoing thing where you just gradually notice like, oh, this person is up for playing a bit more or they are um and sometimes especially with improvising and I I can tell him myself as well like sometimes you can just really tell when someone is sort of um really being themselves in what they're doing and putting some something of themselves into it and that always feels like oh they must I don't know that always feels like a moment where they must know they're really doing it and they're like that that kind of is being a musician really is just putting yourself into some sound in whatever way so rather than just kind of playing the dots which somebody else has given you it's about yeah. sort of li- listening to what's going on in your head and trying to trying to get that out yeah I think so and also just I mean playing the dots is also really good and if you can do that um in a way which like really expresses yourself well and also just is is fun for you as well mm. like um I think that that is definitely just as valid but I think it's just more of like a confidence thing that you can tell with people when they start to um feel like they can actually do it but also I mean it's so hard to I find it very hard to tell with people really um because Mm. um obviously I hang around with a lot of different musicians and it's always so up and down like one day you might think yeah I've got this and the next day you do a gig and you're like oh that I'm really (laughs) disappointed in that maybe maybe I haven't (laughs) got this and it's changes so much that um, I find it impossible to gauge, really. So, what, what advice would you give to people that are just maybe starting out on their own, their own journey of picking up an instrument for the first time? If you're just starting out, I think 
it's really good just to do, I know everybody says this, but a couple of minutes every day. Mm. Um, that was, I think that was what really helped me when I was about 10. I had a teacher who made us keep a diary and we had to play every day. And I thought it was really intense at the time, but actually it was really helpful. And he also made it fun. So um, we would play along to like backing tracks of different pop songs. And I think having fun is a really important part of it as well. And um being playful with your instrument. So if you can only play one note, then you can use that one note and m try out making a rhythm with it or try out repeating it, seeing what you notice about it. Um, what color does it make you think of? Kind of just being really curious about your sound and mm. um, playing along to music that you like as well. It's a really yeah. good one. Mm. Um, I mean, in, in addition to the many instruments that you play, um, you also use your voice to create music, your singer, um, yeah. which is great because it's something which kind of lowers the the bar to much many more people to kind of get involved in music. Um, mm. But it's something that people are quite often a little bit afraid to try. Um, I mean, what's it like for you when you sing? Oh, well, I was actually terrified of singing in front of people for a really long time, up until about three years ago. <laughs> um, and But the thing is, my mum is a singer. So I grew up with a lot of songs and watching my mum sing. And then um, I would always go to the piano and I'd always, well, not that we always had a piano. I got a keyboard at some point, I think when I was a teenager. And I would mm. always improvise songs. And also I would learn um, the way people sung songs and I would learn it exactly like including all the like extra bits that they would do at the end <laughs> and um, like where they really go off I suppose that's really like improvising but I don't know yeah. if they were improvising but anyway so like like copying it note for note and I would often like do I don't know I was really intent on like learning things like learning the whole song as accurately as I could and then when I went to play stuff I just wanted to play different songs um, and I kind of thought that's just what everyone did. Mm. Um, and because I was learning clarinet, it felt like there were very opposite worlds and like they shouldn't come together. And then it was only really um, like five years ago or four, even now about five years ago that I started to think, well, how come when I sit down at the piano, I play this music that I really like, but then I feel like it's not allowed and I have to make something else. So I thought, I'm just going to have to start doing it really because it I, it was making me feel kind of sad that I wasn't doing, I was doing the stuff that I kind of, people had told me I was good at, but I wasn't necessarily doing the stuff that I felt was, I needed to do. Um, so I just, I mean, when I sing, I do often feel like, now it's still nerve-wracking but I really enjoy it and it feels really mm -hmm. like a really special thing that it's so raw when you sing um and it also to be honest the more I do it the more it feels like less of a big deal um because there's so many different kinds of singers and so many people that use their voice I mean even like some singers will just speak lyrics and it's kind of becomes less about the technical thing for me and just more about like how you're using it and um what it's doing and what it's saying and it, again it's like another fun thing that you can play with so I, I kind of enjoy it more now but just getting going with it and even still now it can be really scary because it's I think there's like the thing you were saying where there's a kind of a lot of there's a big idea behind it <laughs> almost that it's scary um mm. and there's also like 
nothing to remove you from it. Like, whereas when you're playing an instrument, it kind of feels like you've got this other thing that you're putting it, you're putting your breath into it. So it's like, there's a slight remove. But then when I, what I've been thinking recently is it's really quite similar. Um, there, there's really not that much in it. I think it's just more that I've got so used to playing clarinet and saxophone that singing, it doesn't, it feels very natural for me to sing when I'm on my own, but in front of people, I'm like way more used to playing instrumentally. So mm. it's still, um, it still feels like a big thing to do, but also it's, um, <laughs> sorry, I'm giving a really long answer to this. But this is, like, no, this is <laughs> and like you were saying about it kind of lures people in more, like even as like a place for people, anyone can technically sing. Um, mm-hmm. As people seem to like be way more interested in what my songs are about when I'm singing on them which is just really interesting because my songs would have been about, they've always been about something, um, mm. whether or not it's about me or it's just a, something I made up or something I was imagining. It's sort of funny, like, s- seems to like linger on people's minds more when there's lyrics. They'll be like, oh, you were singing about this and like, what was what was that? And it's funny because I never used to get asked that. Um, so it's re- like, that's been an odd thing recently. It's been like having to explain what my songs are about when I never, people never used to ask really. I think they would be like, oh, you know, you just, <laughs> I, I think they just assumed it wasn't about anything. Mm. So the, the the music that you write, um, mm. you mentioned your, uh, the band that you're the, the leader of Archipelago, um, mm. which, although you've used the word jazz, which, you know, covers a whole range of different styles and, and approaches to music and stuff. But for you, obviously mm. jazz is kind of where you, gravitate a lot of the time and what is it that you find that you get out of of jazz what what what, where do you find the happiness in it I just love the free spiritedness of being able to play a song which is not necessarily yours like if you're playing a jazz standard and so you get the fun of playing someone's song but then also um being able to express yourself within that song and there's I don't find like many types of music which offer that kind of freedom and satisfaction at the same time so it's like it's just a very it's always surprises me and I think I know it's like a cliche thing about jazz like you know the sound of surprise (laughs) but it (laughs) is like it is kind of I really like that it's unpredictable and it's exciting and but it's also really heartfelt too because a lot of the time like the songs can be about really heartbreaking things and I and that kind of makes me really happy because it feels like um you know you're not just playing to show off or I don't think I don't think you should be <laughs> if you're doing it but it's like you're actually <laughs> you're supporting the meaning of this song or you're placing your own meaning on it and it's like a really it's kind of like a space where you can find something new about yourself and about other people um and I just think, and when it's when it works really well, it's like really magical. Um, uh, there's obviously kind of a very thriving um, kind of jazz scene within the northeast. There's a lot of people doing it. There's a lot of really kind of good good venues. Is there something about you know what's happening up here? There's loads of people kind of coming together. What, what what's causing that? Or uh, well, sorry, terrible I think, question, but no, it's a good question actually because it is really good here right now, especially. And I actually think it's because there's a lot of people from other genres and 
everyone is kind of crossing over and playing in different people's bands. So there's obviously a lot of folk music here. There's also a lot of um, hip hop here too. And there's also lots of rock and pop. And I think because the Northeast is a little bit on its own, Mm -hmm. it creates this kind of hub of musicians that have to, we only have each other to work with. So instead of sort of being in our one, say, you know, I'm just going to stick with jazz we all actually cross over and play with each other. So we're always taking things from different styles. And I think that really adds to the jazz that comes from here because it's um, just like interspersed with all these different genres and different outlooks too. So so who who are the people that that you get most pleasure out of listening to or or working with? From the Northeast? Yeah. Well, I have to say John beyond, Pope. You know. Yeah, John. <laughs> um, yeah, I have to say John Pope because we play in loads of things together and I, I play yeah. in his quintet and he also plays bass in Archipelago. Mm-hmm. And so we've been like really long time collaborators. And then I'm also a really big fan of Christian Alderson's playing. He's the drummer in Archipelago and he's in a experimental rock band called The Unit Armour. And the singer of that is called Steve Malley, and he makes amazing solo music as the horse loom. Um, so it's kind of like all these connections. And then like yeah. beyond yeah, beyond that, there's Me Lost Me, who is an electronic folk artist, and me and John are playing with her at the moment, actually. <laughs> but I, I really, I listen to her music anyway, because I really love it. Um, Katie Mack is a singer-songwriter who plays the cello and sings, and she also... Uh, has a vibraphone in her band too. And That's really unusual. Yeah, like really cool instrumentation. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they're, you know, and they're all people that I genuinely just enjoy listening to. And um, yeah, and then there's plenty of people beyond as well. There's mm-hmm. Jay Frisco, who are an all female experimental jazz trio originally from Leeds. Um, yeah they're just amazing they do they do these really powerful performances um that go from being like a meditation into like screaming (laughs) so it's great yeah um yeah oh gosh there's so many so many but yeah that's a few so you you mentioned um john and sorry christian was it um yes uh that form archipelago um -hmm. the 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 truth i think if people know you already they probably know you from that because um you've certainly been on the scene for um for for a few years now um Mm -hmm. so this is probably gonna sound really rude or you probably get asked it all the time but Mm -hmm. as a as a band you you defy easy description Mm -hmm. so i'm going to ask you how would you you describe yourself uh, sort of the music or the approach that you take what if somebody was going to come along to an archipelago gig um what what are they in for oh first of all that's so not rude loads of people ask that without (laughs) any precursor um yeah so oh how would i describe it so it is um a blend of atmospheres and songs which travel through jazz rock improvisation and sonic places that we anything that we like the sound of basically and we kind of sew all of these ideas together um to create a different mood for each song sometimes there's like a concept there like our new album i i wanted to create quite a a colorful and 
um sort of feeling of going to a different world quite surreal for each track so Mm. that sort of was the deciding factor of like how each song functioned um but it, it moves around quite a lot like you can't really put the songs many of the songs next to each other and be like yeah this one's you couldn't really hear one song and be like that's what they sound like because <laughs> yeah. it might be different yeah. on another one um so it is really yeah that's how i would describe it is is in that quite fluid way so you're three in a sense you're three quite like-minded people or at least you, you sort of you, you come together at a point where you sort of overlap like that yes. so how, how did how did you come together as a as a band in the first place so we were i meant to mention this earlier actually another musician who i really admire is called phil Begg, and he's a mm. um, guitarist and a composer and he had a band called the midnight doctors which was this big band of various musicians from like the underground music scene in newcastle and he it was a folk jazz crossover and he wrote this amazing music and got us all in separately to record on it and for the second album John and Christian and me were on it um, but we hadn't really met and Phil mm. said you know what I think actually you three should be in a band together and <laughs> I was like oh really and it's the kind of thing people say all the time like oh we sh- you know you should play with that person or we should be in a band and it just never really happens but then I had to put together um a band for my final year at university and I was like oh well maybe I'll ask them because they were sort of two of the only people I'd come across who were really up for playing um things that were composed and things that mm. were totally free as well so I and I originally as well played with a pianist called Pete Curry who is amazing too but then he had to move away and to start with we were more of a an acoustic jazz quartet John played upright mm. bass and we played some jazz standards and um, I'd never written my own music before, so I, I experimented with writing a couple of tracks for that setup. And then once Pete had to leave and we kind of regrouped and John switched to electric bass so he could use some pedals and like fill up more space and it got a bit rockier. And then mm. kind of just decided that, I don't know if it was a conscious thing or not, but it was like, just gonna do all of our own music now. Um, and it just suddenly changed from being a jazz like a quite a fairly easy to describe I guess jazz quartet and then suddenly became like oh no I'm just going to write music for this and use it as a bit of a vehicle for that mm-hmm. and so now what you've got is is much more you much more yeah. sort of distinctive or well I unique you can say that I I, I don't know that. if I can <laughs> say that I I think I hope it is yeah <laughs> Yeah. Well, there's the, the certainly nothing. Having spent time listening to, I mean, particularly the um, the, the tracks that's that's gone down for your new album um, mm-hmm. and the stuff that came before it, it's 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 very adventurous stuff. It's actually quite accessible. It's um, although it's very adventurous as well, um, and mm-hmm. it's, it definitely feels like you know recognizably um, recognizably archipelago. Oh, that's um, really good. Thank you. Well, no, it's 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 true, so, um, and it's quite yeah. exciting. You've got a new album coming out as well. Yes, uh, I I uh, am so excited about it actually. Yeah. Because um, it's music that we've been playing for a while, but we never got a chance to record it properly, and then it kept getting put back because of the pandemic. And we eventually mm. managed to do it in December last year, and we recorded it in Sunderland at the Field Music Studio, which was really exciting too, because um, we we love field music. 
and um we've managed as well for wes stevenson set up this grassroots label based in newcastle called the newcastle no not newcastle new jazz and improvised music recordings um and he took it on as part of his label so he's been giving us loads of support to put it out so it just feels really good like compared to our first release which we didn't even promote because we didn't know what that was (laughs) we didn't even realize (laughs) that like that's a thing that you can do um so we just put it out and told our friends like oh how exciting we've put this album out um I sent it to a few people that we know, like who put mm. on gigs and stuff. But it's been really nice to like to put something out that feels like you've grown um, since the last one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do, do you enjoy the process? Is, is that something which gives you happiness? I know there's some musicians that really like the lives thing, but when they get in the studio, it kind of feels flat. Or, but is yeah. it you know is it a, is it a fun process for you? Like the the songwriting is both really it's fun when it's working well but then it's horrible when you're like at a block <laughs> and you're trying to make something happen or you're like doubting yourself because you don't know if it's actually any good or you don't yeah. know if it's going to work and that's really difficult but then when it comes together and you've made something totally new I think yeah it makes me really happy when I take it into a room with John and Christian and then we all just try it out together and I haven't heard it with musicians yet I've only heard it like in my brain or me Mm. trying to play things on piano and then it's like oh wow this is a totally new thing which didn't exist like five minutes ago and that makes me really happy because it's yeah yeah it's just again it's like that like indescribable music magic feeling (laughs) excellent thank you um oh there's there's tons of stuff that I want to ask you about um just, just kind of taking a bit of a step back from um kind of the specifics of of jazz and genre and stuff um you've already kind of touched on this a little bit when you were talking about kind of that idea about gatekeeping and kind of restrictions to people um getting involved in in music the way that they want to Uh, and certainly when you talk when you talk about music you're always talking about kind of freedom and um kind of exploring stuff the thing that strikes me is that there's an awful lot about the way you approach things which is about inclusiveness and Mm -hmm. and breaking down barriers to things where do you think that comes from i think to be honest i my parents are both very open-minded people and i think especially my mum has always had an approach of like if you want to do something then you just do it and Mm. don't think too much about it i mean i definitely think a lot about everything (laughs) but it's like the kind of that kind of approach of just doing it but then to be honest as well like it was more growing up and then working as a musician and being surrounded by people and sort of seeing how other people have got into music and realizing that sometimes a lot more doors are opened for people um Mm -hmm. than were necessarily open for me and reflecting on feeling a little bit like outside of things because i couldn't afford a really expensive instrument for example when i was growing up and also I was like the first in my family to go to university and everyone was like, well, apart from my mum, a lot of people were like, oh, why are you going to do music? Like, that's not, that's not a job, is it? And like, you know, what's that's, and it was kind of this feeling of like, you know, we don't, we don't get to do things like that. That's for people who have the privilege of being able to afford to do it. And Mm. um, as well, like playing, you know, often being the only woman in playing situations. And then there's been a lot more circulating about, 
the sexism um, within jazz and it was like within music as a wider thing too and realizing that you kind of just realize that the experiences you've had that you felt are a little bit sort of exclusive make are actually happening to other people as well so Mm -hmm. you're not making it up and that kind of just makes me feel quite activated in the sense of like okay so you know this is a real thing that's happening so why go along with it it's Mm -hmm. not really done anything for me Uh, the best stuff I've done really has started when I just decided to make my own music um and not worry about trying to fit in with any ideas but I also class myself as really lucky that I was able to do that and kind of Mm. have that approach because I think um for a lot of people it's just not really seen as like something they're allowed to do or something they could do Mm um yeah could you tell us something about some of the the projects you've been working on recently which are to do with kind of reaching out to groups of people that perhaps you know found it difficult to kind of access this sort of this sort of activity or this sort of enjoyment through music mm-hmm. well i do i work in community music with a company called unlock music and we work with disadvantaged adults like across the northeast um and it's amazing like because i think they're not usually given the opportunity to make music and what and they also don't have any experience of playing music but our whole thing is like you don't need to and um charlie bramley who runs the company is amazing it's like fundraised to give them um all their own instrument throughout the pandemic that they could Mm. have at home with them and play wow yeah and um so that's been a really eye-opening thing actually like I'm not um yeah I mean I'm we me and Charlie go into it as improvisers but I've learned so much about like working with people and people's the importance of the approach I guess and like seeing how different people have different values and how happy it can make people just to play Mm -hmm. um as well and it's really sad when you think so they're really benefiting from this but what if they didn't have this opportunity um do you, yeah. do, do you recall any moments where you sort of really you kind of saw that happening you know in, in somebody's oh. eyes that, that, that it was it was working <clears throat> oh yeah i mean just yeah. today i was doing community music and um it was just so some of the people we work with kind of have quite profound learning disabilities and when they start laughing and smiling and kind of like when they're playing it's really nice because i i heard some one of the support workers saying like oh you know it's really nice to see them smile after and i kind of assumed that they were always like that but then Mm -hmm. it's like oh no it's there actually it's because they're playing music right now or because they're in this social environment with their friends making music um so yeah that was a definite one yeah that's lovely um, when when we had our sort of pre pre interview chat a few weeks ago, um, you mentioned about some other stuff that you're doing about um, class and yes. music and, and kind yeah. of social identity as well, which sounded really really interesting. Is there something you could could you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, so I got a commission with New Creatives North to make some music, and I wanted to focus it around like voices from the northeast because I felt like you didn't hear just the voice of people 
in the northeast very much in music and in like conversations about um what's happening socially in this country and initially i wanted to go to food banks and talk to people and to kind of offer a different idea on what poverty is and Mm. sort of break down stereotypes and the ideas that you see on the tv and stuff um but then the lockdown happened so it kind of wasn't right for me to go in and like risk passing on an illness to people for the sake of this and then i sort of had a rethink and i thought well actually my angle on it is as is like coming into it as a musician and noticing the inequalities so why don't i actually um speak to other musicians and get their opinions on it so i ended up speaking to different artists based in the northeast and the north generally about their experiences of um being from a working class background and how it's affected their like route into music and also how it um is tied to like race and gender and any other aspects really of your identity like it's all kind of mixed together um so it was yeah so basically i recorded these interviews with seven different people and um, it was Kay Grayson, Kima Kay, um, Nick Knack, Jane Dent, uh, Jordan Aiken, Raj Singh and oh there is one more Charlie Bramley actually who I do the community music with yeah yep. so And basically I recorded these conversations with them and then I sampled their voices and I asked them to give me some music of their own as well, some original music. And I created three new tracks and I had to do it in from this room, from my spare room because all the studios (laughs) were closed at the time. Um, So I had to record everything here and um, we've really like not much equipment because I'm not a sound engineer. Um, so I put together these three different tracks and one was about, um, it was called This Exists Here and it's about the the fact that, that it's, it's a real problem basically and it's not, because it, it's quite a taboo thing to talk about money and um, you know, people get kind of embarrassed about it in, in this country mm-hmm. I think to be like, oh, I can't really afford that or whatever, but that makes it worse because that means it's just expected that you can afford things sometimes and... Um, and also it was kind of this exists here is to mean like there's all this great stuff happening here too which can be overlooked sometimes um i mean i i love london as a place but i'm often like asked why don't i live in london and i find it quite a rude question like it's like so so you're saying you know you couldn't possibly be making music that you're happy with and living in the northeast kind of thing and it's it really anyway so that's kind of about that and then I did another one called the only one and that was about being the only person like you in a room which was just a theme that came up over and over again and then the final one was music is a safe place and that was all about how music has really benefited people and been a really vital thing and um for their mental health and also just for their like direction and purpose in their life so are people, will we be able to, to hear these? We'll be eventually. It's going to go on BBC Sounds at some point, probably awesome. in the near future. Yeah. And then, mm. so I'm not allowed to share it until it's gone on there. But then, oh. whoa, I know. Um, yeah. But once it's on there, well, yeah, I'll let you know when it goes on there and then I'll probably release it too. 
Excellent. Oh, well, yeah. that'd be great. Well, we can certainly mm-hmm. uh, let people know through uh, yeah. through our Twitter and Facebook and Instagram channels mm. as well, because that'd be that'd, that'd be, be awesome to, to hear. Yeah. Thank you for that, Faye. Um, we talked an awful lot about music. Um, and I, <laughs> just kind of veering off to one side, because we should probably um, think about wrapping up soon. Um, I mean, what what in life that isn't to do with music would you say brings you happiness? Actually, I have just been rediscovering recently, like the importance of humour. And that's why I've okay. mentioned fun a few times in this. It's like, because, mm. I mean, I really just like things that are a bit silly sometimes or things that are funny and abstract and sort of being, tur- like I when you're having a conversation, just turning things the other way around and like reimagining things like, well, what if that tree was upside down or something? <laughs> um, yeah. And sort of that makes me really happy, actually. Just like having like really small moments of hilarity with my friends I think is a real like that is my main joy outside of music yeah it's nice that we're in a position where we're able to kind of do that a bit more now I guess yeah, I, th- I wonder if that's why I appreciate it more now actually because I think I mm-hmm. and especially it's definitely been a way to cope through the pandemic is like making a joke out of things um obviously it's not <laughs> funny but it's just at times when you know, there was a lot of things circulating when we kept going back into lockdowns and stuff. I mean, obviously today it's, I don't know, I haven't looked on the internet or anything. So obviously yeah. lot the things, the uneasing, no, the easing has been delayed. <laughs> um, I think, is that official yeah. now? I'm not quite sure what's happened. Apparently yeah, it is, yeah, it's again. another four okay. weeks. I just saw, I got an update on Twitter, yeah. Um, Probably sensible, but... I think so. I think it has to be like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so that kind of like, yeah, just being a bit mischievous with things and laughing at things and not being too serious all the time. Um, yeah. cause obviously as a musician, it's like you, you have to spend a lot of time in your head and in quite like deep contemplation. So I think it's really good mm-hmm. to actually have the opposite to that sometimes. Excellent. Faye, this has been brilliant. You've been excellent. Um, Lots of stuff to think about and for people to reflect on. I just wonder if, um, just to kind of round things off, um, we tend to finish off by just saying whether, yeah, if if you could tell people some advice, give people some advice about um, thinking about their well-being, contentedness, happiness, um, roots to happiness and that sort of thing, what would would you leave people with? That feels like a really big responsibility. I would, as a disclaimer, <laughs> as I don't know what to say about um, what you should do. But if I had to give you some advice, I would probably say take some time to just walk and without a purpose, just walking um, or or just sitting, like kind of, just removing the need to finish something or be doing something is uh, even for just five minutes is something that I'm trying to do more of and I think it's really good for your well-being super Faye McCallman thank you so much for being part of the Northern Guide to Happiness so that was Faye what do people think Oh, that was a great interview, Chris. Thank you. And thank you, Faye. Um, loads of stuff in there that I could relate to and, and found really interesting, um, particularly when she was talking about children having lessons at school. Um, <laughs> I don't know who else has experience of that, but certainly when I was growing up, um, 
I I was uh, I learned the clarinet. No, <laughs> I tried to learn the oh, clarinet, right. um, but I wanted to learn the saxophone. But uh, the saxophone wasn't an option. I think it was just clarinets or flute, and that was it. And mm. I just I just didn't get the the passion for it really. Um, and it then got me sort of thinking on then about as a parent now, um, you know, the kind of pressure and the balance of getting kind of those extracurricular activities for your kids at the right balance. You know, are you, are you doing mm. too much? Are you doing too little? Um, you know, so for me, that that kind of, you know, really sort of resonated for me. Um, and then I really loved what she then went on to talk about sort of towards the end of the interview, really, about making music accessible um mm. to people um and yeah just doing that lockdown project as well around the food <laughs> bank and she was talking about doing it from her bedroom um and i think we can uh, yeah, we yeah. can relate to <laughs> we that, can all relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> particularly with the podcast you know just sort of making do with what you've got at home in in extraordinary circumstances and and still creating um it's a time which was uh, quite challenging for for all of us so yeah there was there was loads in in that there chris thank you excellent cheers alex what about you andrea I loved it as well. And, and you know, when you write down notes and you look back and you think, why have I written that? But I've written my favourite things, John Coltrane, earworm. So I don't know. I went on to listen. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, I went on to listen to, to some of Faye's music and I, I, I kind of lovely idea that, you know, this is a this is a soundscape mm. that that they're creating. And um, for me, it conjured up, you know, Everybody forcing you, saying, come on, go out, let's go out, let's go and have a good time. Yeah, yeah. And then when you get there, it's great. Yeah. I think it was Chemical that I listened to. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it kind of evokes that for me, mm. that feeling of um, not wanting to go out, but when you do, you know, it's full of pleasure and surprises. So I, I enjoyed that. And I also love listening um, to the journey that she's gone through with her lockdown project mm. as well. Um, I think she described it as finding your way to to speak to what you need to mm. say. And um, I think, you know, that the upside of lockdown is that many of us want a journey to working in collaboration with people or doing projects a certain way. But we've all stopped and we've reassessed and we've listened. And actually what's coming out of that is is some really fascinating things. Mm. So I'm really looking forward to listening to that. BBC yes. sounds. Yeah. Sounds very Watch exciting, space, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, Andrew. Kath, how about you? Uh, to start with, going back to something that Alex picked up on as well, when, when she was talking about the early years when she was learning to play an instrument, and the, she used a phrase similar to being allowed to be a musician mm-hmm. because it wasn't, it wasn't seen to be a job <laughs> yeah. as such. And when she realised that that there was an opportunity to have a career in music, she found that really liberating and it was outside of her experience. And it was the phrase being allowed to be a musician Mm -hmm. rather than an accountant or um, a doctor or something like that. I thought felt that very, very much, very strong phrase. Mm. Um, And then... The, I mean, the saxophone. I adore saxophone, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So I was, I was right in the zone there. But 
But the thing I hadn't picked up on was how vibrant the music scene is mm-hmm. that she's involved with in this uh, in the northeast. And I was stunned at, at when she was talking about all the musicians that she's worked with and she worked she's created a band with this group and then worked with different people and I thought this is amazing that all of these things are happening more more people need to know yeah in that and I, I loved all of the name checks that she I think she tried to get as many yeah. names in that interview as possible it was brilliant yeah so it was great yeah. great to see her yeah acknowledging it wasn't intentional was it absolutely not I'm sure it wasn't no. but it was brilliant all of these names coming through brilliant so yeah go go check them all no, out I, I was I was egging her on when she was doing naming all the names yeah Oh, I really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, well, I'm quite yeah. excited because um, I'm taking both my son and my daughter to hear Archipelago play on Friday. Nice. Like, in a gig, oh, you know, in, in a place life. with people. Wow. I know, I know. All socially distanced and all that. Um, sadly, though, it'll be it'll be after this, this goes, uh, sorry, before this goes live. So uh, I can't encourage people to go, um, <laughs> but uh, I, hopefully people will kind of see things on, on the Twitters and so on. Yeah, and yeah. Go on and support. Great. Well, Thank you, Chris, and thank you, everybody, for your comments, and thank you, Faye, as well, for another brilliant episode. If you've been inspired by this podcast episode, then we'd love to hear from you. We love hearing your stories and opinions on what happiness means to you. You can get in touch via email, hello at thenorthernguidestohappiness.co.uk, or you can find us on Twitter at North Happiness and Instagram and Facebook at Northern Happiness. We're really glad to be spreading joy and happiness around the Northeast through this podcast, thanks to funding from the National Lottery Community Fund and the Newcastle COVID Fund. So thank you so much to our funders for their support. Next time, we have Pearl Saddington, who I've known for quite some time. Uh, She's currently working for the National Trust, based at Gibside, working with volunteers and their community development activities. So you'll hear me ask Pearl questions like this. Is happiness something that you think about much? Is it something that you, Mm. you think about or not really? And hear Pearl give answers like this. Yeah, I do, actually, especially Mm -hmm. after lockdown. Mm -hmm. I think being furloughed for seven months was quite, for me, quite nice because I've worked all all my life. So I'm not going to lie and say that I'll never get that opportunity again. I caught up with old friends. Um, I walked even just locally um, around tracks. Uh, I appreciated the family more because with work from home, we saw a lot more, a lot more of each other and my my kids are grown up, you know, they're in their twenties, thirties. Um, shouldn't even be at home really. But uh one thing led to another and they came back. And yeah, sometimes I just like think, yeah, this is all right, you know, this is okay. And I do think about other people. I think very much about those people that are homeless. I think about refugees and asylum seekers a lot. I think about situations around the world, you know, sort of like situations in the Middle East. And I never take the fact that we live in quite a peaceful part of the world for granted. Mm. And yeah, I just think, I do think, yeah, I'm happy. I am happy. But then again, I've been lucky. I'm touching, I'm clinging on to wood. I am clinging (laughs) on to wood. You know, we have things that sometimes make us sad, 
but then generally I th- and I do think this this lockdown this pandemic I think it's I mean it's been shocking but I think it has made us all just think just slow down and think so we've reached the end of another episode we hope you're enjoying listening to the northern guide to happiness take care and see you all again next week for another episode Thank you.